Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss sexuality. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello. Hello. Let's talk about sex, baby. Now it's in my head. Yeah. Such a now good song. It's, it, it's uh, you know, I think Salt and Pepper like is someone oh, the fucking dream. I, yeah, and I go to because like hell shoot, yeah, like there's tons like shoot, what a man, what a man. I mean, there's just so many. I feel like you can work in your day to day life. <laughs> Salt and Pepper and TLC forever. Oh, forever. Yes. When yes. my dad used to go to the MTV Music Awards all the time for work, he took my mom one year when they were still married. And they, I will never forget this. And Salt and Peppa was performing and they brought me back. I was too young to go. And they brought me back this like pink, fuzzy, like super early 90s book that they had signed for me. But it was like the MTV Music, MTV Video Music Award book. It was had pink fur on it. That's And I was like, I am so blessed. What year? Uh, well, if they were still together, then you, this is young. Like, I mean, they got divorced when I was nine, so I must have been like seven. And the fact that I was listening to seven, at seven or eight to Salt and Pepper is yes, that is that is. I used to sing it in the back of my parents' car. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I never yeah. really listened to kid music. Like I didn't grow. Like no. my mom was like, oh what, like no, Raff- like Raffy. <laughs> like, yeah, my fuck? mom's like, you've you've taken my identity. You won't take my musical taste. No, so, like, I was we- watching nine hundred two one zero, like and listening to rap. Forget that. <laughs> We yeah, it was. It's funny though. My mom would play. Um, she would drive carpool, and would play my carpool. I was the only girl, so she's like, I had a car of just like wild boys and you, and she, so she would play like smooth jazz and like electronic. Oh, my God, that's so funny. It was like breakfast in Jupiter or something like that. And she's like, listen, was that weird? Yes. Did it calm all of you? Also, yes. You know, like, it's really funny. Like when I bring it up and I'm like, well, what's the smooth jazz about? mom?" And she's like, (laughs) it seemed to soothe all of you, you know, because she was also playing like Neil Young, you know, like all all this other stuff. But uh, no, she wasn't getting played good music, right? Yeah, I think it's I think I think it really informed my taste in uh, taste in music and maybe personality, but like I'm any parent who makes, I think a point to expose their kids to like real music, not just kid music, I think is like cool. Yeah. We uh, didn't do the whole points. kid music thing. I mean, he'll listen to it on like movies, but we don't do that yeah. here. We listen to people music. I mean, like, I think, once they're past, like, I mean, I get it. Like when they're toddler, toddlers, you're not going to be like, or I mean, or baby babies, you're, you know, like some of it also is like language development and stuff. I get there's some points, like you're not going to be like, <laughs> you're not going to put them to just, sleep to Tupac. Yeah, exactly. You're not like, well, you're 18 months now. It's time for the Tupac. <laughs> time to, to, time to learn about the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of parents out there that curse, you know, baby shark, but it's like, Ugh. as someone who's found myself singing it after I've been around kids, like you just can't deny that sort of like earworm factor. Like, Oh my God. It's, or let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go <laughs> over and over and over again. All right. So we're talking today about, I'm going to let you take this because it was my ridiculous idea, but now we're doing I mean, it. So as the champion of using the word horny, like 
whenever and however I can for anything not sexual. I cannot believe you're the person who brought up the topic of sexuality as the confirmed per like I was gonna about to call you the confirmed perv of this duo, but I meant prude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In public. We have to Multitude. keep specifying in public. <laughs> I'm not a prude in private. <laughs> I mean, like, can you be a prude in in private? I think of a prude of is course, like someone you who be, is in public. Yeah, but I think you can be like a, a I guess. not yeah, like not into sex for sure. We're talking um, about sexuality. We are talking guys... about sexuality. When I went to our dear friend Miriam Webster, I thought it was. Not I thought you were going to say Williamson. I'm sorry. I can't even keep that in. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> when I went to our friend Marianne Williams, no. Definition of sexuality, the quality or state of being sexual, the condition of having sex, B, sexual activity, <laughs> C, expression of sexual receptivity or interest, especially when excessive. I didn't love that. So then out of curiosity, I Googled uh, human sexuality and Wikipedia, I thought gave us a better definition. This is a little bit of a slog. So stay with me. Um, human sexuality is the way people experience and express themselves sexually. This involves biological, erotic, physical, emotional, social, or spiritual feelings and behaviors because it is a broad term, which has varied with historical context over time. It lacks a precise definition. The biological and physical aspects of sex sexuality largely concern the human reproductive functions, including the human sexual response cycle. There's a whole lot more, but I thought that that was more hopeful because I came to sexuality thinking for, for a long time, I thought it was literally just sex or, or who you like to have sex with, you know? And then as I got older and got into spirituality and people were always saying like, sexuality is an energy, sexuality is an energy. And I was like, I don't understand what that really means. You know, like it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then I was in this yoga class that each week was focusing on a different chakra. And uh, it was with Holly Ramey, who actually has a podcast about tarot, if anyone's interested. I cannot think of what the name of her her podcast is called, but Holly's lovely. And I'm sure if you Google Holly Ramey, um, you can find it. And I did her sacral, uh, sacral chakra, or second chakra, I guess, class. Yeah. And it was all about sexuality and all these like hip openers and all this different stuff. And I definitely felt like good in the class and stuff. And then I was walking home and I was like... What a sexy world we live in. What a sexy time. Wow. The, everyone is so sexy. I'm so sexy. What is it? And I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, oh, my like, God. So I good. just never had experienced it that way. Like, I'd never thought of it that way. And as someone like who I think also to sexuality, I confuse sexuality sometimes too with sexiness or I did when I was younger, I would get confused and think if like something was really, you know, sexual, then it was like sexuality and that meant it was sexy, you know, like mm -hmm. it took me a long time to sort it all out. Like what was actually what, you know, mm -hmm. 
just now for also for us to get to a point in society where like so much of it means so little, you know, cause it's like, we're accepting that things are a lot less finite, but I'm curious, like, did you know what the fuck sexuality was? No, like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, definitely not. Mm-mm, absolutely not. And I actually was looking up some stuff and found the, where did it go? Hang on. Not how do I know what my sexuality is? The three aspects of sexuality. So biological gender, gender identity, gender role, and sexual orientation. I mean, I didn't know that. Who the hell taught us that? I mean, obviously now as an adult, I'm, I, I try to learn about things I don't know about. So I'm more well-versed at this age, but no, I had no idea what it was. I think for sure yoga, you know, movement in general opened my eyes to what you're talking about, which is like the energy of it rather than like the act of it and what, how that's very different. Right. Yeah. And how it's safe and also like something you can embody, but not for the purpose of, you know, gaining power or, um, or just having sex. Right. Like I use my sexuality for power for a long time. And that was really the sole definition for me. It was like, this is my power tool. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it had the really negative connotation as I'm sure it did with you for a long time because of abuse. But then once, but honestly that was blocked out of my mind for so long that like I wasn't consciously thinking about it, but I was just trying to get my power back all the time. Yeah, I felt like I don't see I definitely think that I I definitely think there was a power aspect to it for me, but I also felt like maybe shame. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to articulate it, but it would be like you know, like then people would like know something about me or whatever. Like I wasn't like a prude, but it was like, uh, I danced a lot and like, you know, dancers can be super sexual and like, they don't, they don't mean anything by it. Like it's truly just more like, I think a different level of embodiment. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, none of them are like, I'm doing this thing thinking anyone watching is going to like, you know, like that's not what it's about. It's a bone. No, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much about just like, this feels good in my body or it feels good to move my body this way or whatever. And I was like always scandalized by it and not in a judgment way. I think admiring their freedom. I don't think I ever really felt free, you know, and I don't know if that was, um, I've been, I was thinking a lot leading up to this episode about like societal conditioning and how much like I didn't, as a kid, like growing up, like I kind of didn't get to have a sex, like I didn't get to have sexuality. Like it was very accepted with my brother. Like we spent a lot of time in Europe and my brother was a little perv. He was like uh, every beach. He was trying to look at every woman topless, you know? Nice. Yeah. I mean, he was like little, little, you know, but that was like fine and joked about. But like, if I had been like checking out like dude's dicks? packages, imagine yeah, like, like where the dicks at, mom? Forget my, it. Exactly. And I, they would have like put me in therapy. Like, but it was like cute for my brother, but it was like Ugh. denied with me and like 
my mom had this story about like changing my diaper and wiping my vag. And I was like, Ooh, that feels good. And she was like freaked out that I was going to be like a nympho. And I'm like, what? She was like, telling me this. I'm like, oh. and, and your dad was like, give me a break. It like feels good to like get air on our parts. And she's like, I mean, of course, like I was cleaning you. It must've felt good for you to be clean. I'm like, were you really worried that I was in diapers. Like I'm clearly quite young. Like oh, it's so baby. weird what we do yeah. to women as oh, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember watching my mom tell this story, which is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm even telling it, but <laughs> I was watching a Disney movie. I was like a little, little person. And I was like, mom, my vagina is tingling. <laughs> Aww. And she was like, okie dokie. <laughs> Any parent who's normal about that kind of stuff is like a real one. I don't Okey think we talked. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think we talked. I was never like, the thing is like, you're just robbed of it when you're, you're robbed of it with her, when you're a woman, in my opinion, you're definitely robbed of it. I'm sure if you are not sure like wh what your identity is, because you know, who's, who's really talking to you about that. I'm not well-versed, so I won't assume to know, but the only people who really have space are, are men and to, to explore that and for it to be, and it's so blatant. It's in everything. I mean, having a kid watch, I mean, he doesn't watch any, you know, trash, but it's so hard to see like in superhero, you know, shows or whatever, like these women who are so, so hyper-sexualized, these tiny, tiny ways, these giant tits. And like the, the guys are just like totally pervy. And it's just like, this is a fucking cartoon for kids. So it's so wild. It's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. So, but I do feel like I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I'm so far away from like having, you know, been abused that I, I just really doesn't feel like it belongs to me anymore. We've talked about that, but you know, for a while, for a long time, not being conscious of it not consciously healing it, it just really like fucks with your ability to be free and to understand yourself in that way and to have like any language around it. In, in my experience. And, and really it was only when I started teaching movement that I began to embrace such a different side of my sexuality, but also understand it in a, like a way more holistic way. And the freedom to now moving, like when I teach, I'm moving around and I don't even think about what I look like because I just don't anymore. But I would be so self-conscious. The first time I took a, you know, as an adult, took a yoga class when they were like, be free. I'm like, what do you mean? Just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Yeah. No, thanks. I've been thinking a lot. I had read somewhere about play as the antidote to perfectionism. Mm. And I've been thinking about that a lot and how weird for women it is in terms of like with sexuality as well, or anyone who maybe feels outside very strict heteronormativity, like how hard it is to define and explore it because it just feels so layered, you know, and it seems also very luck of the draw. Like, 
identify as straight, but I think sometimes I'm like, and it, and I grew up in a pretty liberal house, but like I grew up in a household where my mom would have been thrilled if my brother was gay, but like would have been less thrilled. I think if I had been a lesbian and I remember like bringing that up to her once and she was like, well, the world's like barely figured out what to do with gay men, but they truly haven't figured out what to do with gay women. I just wouldn't want your life to be harder. She's like, as a parent, you just don't want your child's life to be harder, you know? And I was like, that's kind of interesting, you know, but also uh, fucked up. But I think of how much it like, it's so hard to ex like, it, it, w I think people get told like, explore your sexuality, but like, what does that mean? You know, like go out and bone the world. No, I don't think so. But who's you know, but even saying that to us, like who told you to do that? I don't think people are told that. Um, I, I mean, I've been told that in the, like in the healing and spiritual community for sure. No, but I and, mean, growing up. Mm, no, no. Okay. I mean, occasionally I think a woman who thought she was like having a hot take, you know? Okay. okay. But like, Got it. cool. But how do you do that? Like, I think by the time you're being encouraged and like, it, it's ethical to like suggest someone have sex and that you're old enough to be able to handle it. Like people are like, explore it, go for it. And it's like, there's no conversation around like what might impede that, you know, or like, where are you even at? How do you even take your like sexuality, like temperature? How do you, you know, like, I mm -hmm. remember one of the best things I heard as a kid or as a teenager, when I was like, s sort of becoming more interested in sex and being sexually active, like it seemed like, you know, like maybe that was on the horizon, you know, at long last, I'm like 16, my God, you know, and you're last. like, finally, oh you know, it's here. it's here. Yeah. Like you haven't even been around two decades, relax, you know, but I, I, somebody was like, if you're not mature enough to buy condoms, you're not mature enough to have sex. And that became my like check in with myself of like, did I feel mature enough to like go buy condoms? Did I feel mature enough to like go buy a pregnancy test if that was necessary? You like, did I feel mature enough to, to deal with everything that went with sex, you know? And I feel like so much of the conversation was more about about the the dumb shit, the morality, the like, you know, you don't want to like knock, you don't want too many numbers. Like, it, I mean, I yep. grew up in a time where it was like, we accepted I probably wasn't going to be a virgin at marriage. However, it's like, we're not going to really talk about what you're doing, you know, and we're not going to really give you any guidance or instruction. Certainly no discussion of like pleasure, you know, like <laughs> that didn't come up until like my mid twenties, you know, of like people being like, oh yeah, you should like enjoy it. It should be good. It, it's you not shouldn't be faking. Oh my God. Do you know how many orgasms I faked? I mean, like probably a quadrillion. I mean, oh, that's, I mean, so many, like so I had many. sex with one guy, this guy for a long time. Like we, we, he was never my boyfriend, but we had sex for a long time. Never once, not once. I'm like, Nina, what were you doing? Like, at, like it was never good for you. Like, but there was no conversation. And also it, it's just like, I feel like I just made so many, I don't want to call them mistakes, but like missteps because I had no idea what I was even looking for or what was possible or what was, you know, 
Yeah. But what I deserved. Yes. We don't talk to women about that. We don't care about them. And so men don't care about them. And I mean, if you're having heterosexual sex, which leads me to my next question or point as well. I remember I like again, I cannot believe I'm saying this out loud, but I remember being, I guess it was like a little after high school, probably a freshman in college. And I was never like interested in women, but I, my friend and I were like, just something was a brewing and we ended up hooking up one night. And I remember being so terrified that somebody was going to find out like, Oh my, yes, I was terrified. Like I didn't want to be in the same room with her and I didn't want anyone to know at all. I, I don't like my friends. I don't think, well, we're not really that close anymore. Like still don't know to this day. <laughs> Surprise everyone. But you're finding out on a podcast, which I'm sure you found out a lot on a podcast that you didn't know about me. But I, it, how sad, how sad. Like I didn't want people to think I was a lesbian. Was that still a thing? I mean, cause you and I are five years apart, which sometimes I have a, I have a weird time figuring out you know, like reference wise, like yeah. I definitely feel like, well, like when I was in high school, nobody was gay or out. No one was out. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure like tons one, of people the- one theater kid was like out and you know, you knew him, right? Like you were yeah. like, Oh, the kid who's gay or who's like brave enough to be gay. My, it's funny. Cause I grew up in such an, in a house, my uncle's gay and like was out from when I was like very young, maybe even born. So when my friends would come over or they weren't my friends, they were assholes. But when I hung out with these, two, <laughs> these two chicks, they're literally, well, one of them sad, the other one's the devil, but I digress. So they would come over in like seventh, eighth grade and they would be like, you know, when the thing was like, that's gay. Yeah. Like, that's so gay. And my mom would call them out every single time. We do not say that in my house. We do not say like, and I remember Good being like, her. oh, yeah, like you did not fuck around with that shit in my house. Like you did not say anything racist. You did not say anything. I mean, I didn't know anybody that was like outwardly racist, thankfully. But like stuff like that, that was I mean, people were dropping like, I don't even want to say it, but like fag yeah. all the time, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And so w- I was always really nervous with those two horror shows that I was only friends with for like a year and a half, I was so nervous to even have them over because I knew that there something was trash was going to come out of their mouth. And my mom was going to be like, who the fuck are these kids? You know? Yeah. So that was not accepted, but it was interesting because I can't believe. Yeah. How, how bad it was for, for us at that time, even right. Like to be yeah. so, so close minded and Yeah. I think of how much stuff I sort of did in secret as well. Like I hooked up with women and I mean, like on the reg. No, but I, I mean, I had a kind of a significant affair with a woman, you know? Oh my God, you did. I did in Wait, my early twenties. Okay. And what do you mean? Affair? She was married, but in an <gasps> open relationship. Oh. And she, I don't know. It's like funny now when I think about it, like she seemed, I thought she was like in her mid forties. Like I knew she was older than me. I can't remember. 
And you were in your 20s, early 20s? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She was like so glamorous How and scandalous. like, I'm going to like teach you things. And oh stuff. my God, and Anna. She I'm certainly blushing. did. Oh my God. Yeah. I see. I could like, I could never go near a vagina again. <laughs> Just it's not yeah, like, I think like, and I think about like, for me, like attraction is so energy based that I think like it never made sense for me to think of it as like, you're attracted to this or that, you know, like, because I think I would be attracted to women sometimes when I was younger, but like, I didn't know what it was and I don't know that it was sexual, but I would just be sort of like, I do think even with friends, like we have chemistry with people, like we're just mm -hmm. attracted to people. And like, I think that there was so much like gay panic in the nineties and early two thousands that it's like, you didn't even get to sort of like suss that out. You know, it was either sort of like forbidden and like, Ooh, what's like, what are we doing? No one can find out or, you were like making big statements. I don't, I don't know. No, that it's so true. I think about, and a lot of my friends from college also came out later, you know, and then and that really like fucked with me a bit where I was like, am I a lesbian? And I don't know, like a ton of them didn't either. You know? <laughs> and I would be, I mean, all the time I'd be like, I'm pretty sure I would know, you know, and I'd be like, <laughs> you're like in the shower, like scrubbing her head. You're like, you it's would. true. You would. You would. It's true. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I was like, I just want so much vag, like <laughs> I would know, I would, you would know, you would totally setting know. myself up for that you know for badge, you would be i would be front line and center yeah i would i would be and i've like i've tried in the past to like frustrated with men like on tinder or something i've like changed my settings to be like everybody you know because i'm like i would never want to miss out on someone incredible or for me or love or whatever and i was just like hung up on gender you know but that stuff that makes you want to like show up continually or be in a relationship or like build a life with someone i've only had those feelings with men but my question is am, am i really straight is that true do i really want that with men or was i so indoctrinated by society i just don't know mm. but i think considering i mean i've never been in a relationship with a woman but you know i think i'm certainly close enough and have intimate relationships with enough women to know that if i longed for a life with a woman i think i would know by now you know I, you're right. I mean, I know so much else about myself. I assume I would know that, but I, I give the youth and the people now who are like really pushing that and really pushing that expiration and normalization, you know, like, I mean, as much as like men get to have a lot of space in the sexuality conversation, they also get really hampered by it that it's like True. hetero or bust, you know, like, and like the, uh, the, you know, assumption that all of their sex drives are like beyond yes yes which is have you ever dated someone without us who who i've dated a couple well, i've dated two men who struggled with depression and it would kill their sex drive depression there is no sex with yeah. depression it in goes any by man that i've dated yeah bye -bye. yeah no and but, that yeah. fucked with me oh yeah so much oh my I god i was like totally i believe like, what you're telling me that like it's not about you it's not about my attraction to you it's it's like i'm just not interested you know which obviously i could understand there's times i've not been you know i've 
not been interested in sex, but I would be like, but I've told that y'all want it all the time. But exactly. Like, you're, but you're a man. You should, oh, you should just see me and instantly want to yes. have sex with me. Right. The other thing I remember vividly having sex with one of, with my high school, one of my high school boyfriend who I dated for like five years. And there was a moment when he, first of all, the fact that we just like thought we could have sex, like, what were we doing? Like, we had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. It's just so bad. Anyway, I remember him grabbing my wrist once and he wasn't doing it in like a violent, aggressive way. But I remember having such a vividly, like I freaked out. And Interesting. Yeah, I freaked out and I'll never forget it. And at that time, I mean, and I don't know, I just, I was like, danger, danger, danger. It was crazy. Yeah. My body just was like, but he was someone that shaped a lot of like my, expectations I think with about like how often men want to have sex blah 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 you know when you get to the point with somebody who you're dating who you're like I'd rather sit on a cactus than have sex with you like I'm so (laughs) (laughs) you know that feeling yeah you're like I'd I'd rather go door to door in my building and offer to clean bathrooms than like I know we need to break up but like I just can't I haven't yet and like the thought of having sex with you is repulsive do you know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with that okay I may have come across that feeling perhaps well great so when uh, (laughs) we had dated for a long time and when we first dated I did want to have sex with him and then when I got back together with him which is always a like fabulous idea I was like, I'd rather die. And also you're mean. And I just like, (laughs) I just like realized you're mean. (laughs) I just like the, the, like the de-escalation. Like I'd rather die. Also you're mean. (laughs) (laughs) And we were at his, we got back together when I was like in my early twenties and we were in New York together and and there, his roommate was in the other, in his room and we could hear him having sex with this girl. And it was, it was. I mean, first of all, like mortifying. I'm mortified. <laughs> you okay? Can you picture me, Anna? I'm dying inside. Ugh. Like I'm just like, please make this stop. Like I can't believe you weren't like we have to get a hotel. <laughs> oh my god, I was so horrified and like it, I just was so embarrassed. And he was like m- pressuring me, like, see, they have sex all the time, like in my twenties. And I was just like, y- you suck. Like that's why I'm not having sex with you. I'm not attracted to you because you suck. So anyway, it's. I eventually broke up with him. But my point was, it's just so, it's just these formative, when you're having sex with someone and you're young and there are these formative years, it's like, it can be so damaging. And most of the time it is because that just shapes so much of what you think about sex and like, you know, who you have sex with and how you have sex with them. And it just, it's a lot to unravel, you know, and my husband it has is. been like very crucial in being in my life. Like, oh wow, this is like a very healthy relationship, and this this is not. I think I told you about this. Maybe I said it on the podcast. But like when I first started dating him, I sent him a picture, not of like my ass or anything, but I sent him a picture when I was away and like a little bit sloshed. And he's like, I just want to see your, like your face. And I was like, uh, okay. Mortifying, it, but also uh, I was no, I was horrified, but also yeah. like, okay, you're cool. And yeah, but it was so embarrassing. And then I'm like, why am I embarrassed? But I'm embarrassed because I'm I was literally just following something that I thought I should do, some like you know, invisible like rule book. 
about how to entice a man, which is like disgusting and so not who I am. But it was just this moment of weakness. And I was like, why did I do that? think it can be fun. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but like, I think like what I was thinking, what came to mind when you were talking is I wish someone had taught me that my sexuality is mine, that Mm. it's not about what men want. It's not about like what anybody wants, you know, like we grew up in a time where the assumption was you're straight. So we're going to just only educate you and indoctrinate you from the place of your straight. But I wish that like, it's like I was afraid of like fucking up or like devaluing myself or whatever. Like, but what about me? Like, I, there was a, such a fear to like, I started dating this guy after my dad died and everybody like hated him, was very worried that I was like going down a path and all this stuff. But there was this tone of like, you're gonna like, like, cheapen yourself or something or there was this like tainted yeah like it was like a weird after school special like Mm. she's the girl whose father's died and now she's gonna try to cope through these bad boys or so you know like it was so weird and like i was being gossiped about like by my family and i wish someone had pulled me to the side and been like hey you know like here's a couple things that could be going on you know or like you, you know, like you're in pain and you're a teenager. This is sort of like, you know, like the worst meeting of all these worlds, you know, and stuff or something, you know, like I remember when I thought I was ready to have sex and then I tried and then I realized I wasn't. And like, I, luckily that guy listened to me, but like that was scary. And I definitely had not been given any instruction, guidance, anything of how to say like, no, I'm not ready. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, like I changed my mind. Like, I mean, this is why I also get so frustrated when a lot of like the men in my life would be like, oh my, I'm just shocked. Or like when they hear stories and I'm like, do you know, I, I don't have one female friend who doesn't have a fucked up story about something in sex. Zero. Like zero. Like that's a problem. Like if I, if everyone I know has some sort of issue, then like, wh- like why don't y'all know about it? Like, How many that's men just, do you know who have really fucked up sexual experiences that, you know, like not as many, not, not saying as many. That, that it doesn't happen because of, yeah, you know, I'm more than you that. think. Cause I, I think that oh, there, I'm sure get kind of glossed over in a different way, but like, I just wish that like, agency was taught in terms of like your sexuality is yours whether that's men like you don't have to like prove your masculinity through trying to just like bone the world you know or women you don't like who you sleep with or how you like how many you sleep with like doesn't change like your value as a person like there's just room for so much expansion across the board in terms of the conversation it's true i mean it's true and there's so many different you know avenues of like that we we just we have not done well overall in society with teaching it i mean the only class that we had was called human sexuality and it was like here's your tampon and that was pretty much it you know they didn't talk about anything like yeah we had a brief thing in health that was just sort of like here's the bits you know like i remember the vans deference like you know like certain things but it wasn't 
I don't even think, I mean, I don't think there was anything practical discussed. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. If sexuality wasn't really being discussed or sex or anything, what about masturbation? Oh my God. Why? I hate you. I didn't, it was never brought up in terms of women until I was, I think in college. It was never brought up to me ever. Never. And I remember I was with an older friend of mine, shout out to Lisa. Um, and she was like, I got to like, we were in Atlanta and she was like, I got to get something like from the pleasure chest or something. And I was like, what? And like people go there, you know, I was just like, but I was very intrigued. And she was like buying stuff. I mean, she was married, you know, and I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, like, you know, vibrators and da 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 da. And like, I was like, everyone needs an older person in their life who can like no, tell them about No things. one has ever talked to me about that. Never. Ever. I remember there was a book that we had and my mom like gave it to me, maybe like <laughs> flipped through a couple pages. Like that was the extent of it. When I told her I lost my virginity, she hysterically cried and which like fine. You I told guess. her? I did. She asked me and I didn't lie. <gasps> wow. I, I need was, to know everything I was, about I that. was 15 years old, which is disgusting. For, I mean, not is, like I'm disgusting. Doesn't it seem so young? It was so young. And he was a yeah. fucking basket case. And I'm pretty sure he was yeah, – I think he came out later. But anyway, he was full on like not mentally stable. And his name was Jimi Hendrix. Sorry, I'm outing you. <laughs> and <laughs> – You've outed Jimi Hendrix before. <laughs> you know what? It's oh his God, fault totally, for having such a name. I totally forgot. I have. What, I have. I told you about losing my virginity before on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have. No. Oh, okay. So, I, I was laughing. Like, yeah, like shocking. No. Like, no, so, I don't. Think he, I forget why Jimi Hendrix came up in the past, but he, he, did, he was yeah, on the football team, which again, blah. and I went to his house, which was down the street, and we had sex for about three seconds. I didn't, <laughs> yep, <laughs> I was bleeding right. and I didn't really know. I didn't know why I was bleeding. Also fun. Mm. I mean, people have been like talked at like ad nauseum about, you know, um, popping your cherry, which was like Ugh. a delightful conversation to be around. So I did have some idea of what was happening, but it was awful instantly. I, I like, was so grossed out and then my mom picked me up and well actually let me go back my mom was downstairs like honking the horn like as no. i oh yeah as i was like trying to extricate myself from the three minute sex and i was like this is it's got to be wrong this can't be it because it's really not cool and i went home <laughs> yes. went yes. home and she, I think she just like knew, like she was like, did you have sex with him? And I was like, yeah, I did. And she just burst into tears, but we didn't talk about it. Sorry, mom. And not that I remember, you know, I did block out a lot from my childhood. So maybe we did, but I really don't think we did. And I feel like I would burst into tears too. Like, wouldn't you, if you're 15 year old daughter, 1000%. But I would have liked to have somebody like talk to me about it. I, I don't Agreed. think yeah. that that was like we didn't talk about that stuff, which was so weird because my parents talk about a, a, a lot of things, but we did not talk about sex. It wasn't like yeah. off limits. Like, to ha- like we knew people had it, but you weren't 
wasn't like some weird Christian environment, but they weren't like, hey, let's talk about sex now. Yeah, I wasn't forbidden or like, you know, but my mom just like didn't want to go there. You know, I mean, my dad was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm the dad. I wouldn't. I'm a, I would be a pervert if I was trying to, you know, like it, he would probably talk to my brother about it, but not me, you know, and my mom, I don't know, like, it's interesting even now sometimes, which I get, but I'm like, I I mean, especially, I guess, with the political climate we're in now with, you know, Roe versus Wade being threatened and things like that, you know, we're once again being reminded that like, women aren't regarded as, um, I don't know, fully, uh, sovereign beings, you know, that we're still that like something I come back to all the time when I rewind the tape of, of, of my, I guess, childhood, I'm like, why was no one trying to like instill value in me? You know, like, why was that never the way anything was discussed? You know, in terms of like, you don't owe people this, like, you don't owe people pretty, you don't owe people, you know, like, whatever. And I'm like, well, because like, we're still making that argument. (laughs) We're still saying, you know, women don't owe people things, you know, we don't owe the motherhood, we don't owe the, you know, like, that, of course, that I, I wonder if your mom was upset not so much that um that you'd had sex or whatever but like that i think a lot of parents are like i'll get around to it yeah and forget how fashion like move yeah the urgency you feel as a teenager i think like a lot of parents and i hear it with some of my friends now like my friend Megan had texted me and was like, I got asked about puberty, you know? And I was like, whoa. I was like, what'd you say? You know, and her daughter's eight. And she's like, she mostly, I think, was just like trying to kind of confirm, deny like what she'd heard, like, you know, on the playground type of stuff. She's like, she didn't really want to know, you know? My mom gave me a book when I was really young about like how babies were made. And she's like, you handed it back to me and said, you never wanted to talk about that again. You're like, once I saw the hairy penis, I was out. <laughs> it's so, I mean, Milo asked me about not sex, but like he's like, he's got a penis. He knows it. He's like, wants to like, you know, touch it and oh my stuff. God. Well, you know, I had the pleasure you know. of being there when it was like when OCD and little boys being obsessed with their penis collide <laughs> because so Milo keeps touching his penis and I can see Nina is like, it's like two part. Like one, she's like, why? Like, come on, you know? And two, she's like worried. And so once she had ascertained that the penis was fine, you know, like it's been checked, it's been looked at. I think maybe we even got a flashlight on it from an iPhone. Like we're positive nothing's wrong with the BB. But then she figured out he wanted it just lined up a certain way. <laughs> Just wanted it to be standing up the, the right way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like secure. Yep. Secure. And you and, kind of like, yep. you, you can't fault him for that. No. I mean, I don't ever want him to feel weird about it. And then there are like moments where I'm like, I like, I think you've done all you like can do right now with that. So maybe we can <laughs> put it away until later. But he also does this thing where he's like, I love boobs. And I'm like, okay, but you love like 
drinking out of this. Like, I don't want you to like, you know, become obsessed with boobs. And maybe that's my, you know, I just, I'm so hyper aware and conscious of like raising him to be a good man. And if maybe he doesn't even like women, you know, I don't know, maybe he likes both. I don't care, but it's more like, I just always want to instill, you know, respect. And we talk a lot about this is my body. This is your body. Like you have to ask mommy to touch, you know, to like touch her boob. You can't just like grab my boob and pop it out. You know, like when he was breastfeeding all the time, he's, he's really not anymore at all, but that he would just like grab it, you know? And Obviously, yeah. that's fine. But now these four, we're talking a lot about, you know, consent in that way. And just like, this is yours. This is mine. Like, this is how we it's are, act. But so tricky, I feel like, to teach boundaries and consent without introducing shame. shame. Exactly. And he, I can tell he does not feel any shame about bodies. None whatsoever. So I hope that that no. trend continues. But he feels zero shame about anything. He doesn't even think. I mean, yeah. He's like naked and free and just like all good. He's talking about his dad's penis. Sorry, way. And like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing though. Like when kids, like it is so refreshing to see bodies and stuff like to hear it, like, through the, you know, like, and their lack of judgment, you know, when they're just like, or like, I don't know, like, it just cracks me up when, you know, or when they're going through those phases and are just like, I have a penis. Do you have a penis? And you're like, nope, I don't. And they're like, cool. You know, like, it's just really funny. <laughs> no, to totally. Me. I love it. And you know what? It just really keeps me uh, just out of shame, too. Like, it's like, I remember when my parents were over and at first I would be like, oh, I really don't want to talk about the stuff like in front of my parents, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Nina, like grow up. <laughs> yeah. And so now there's like a book. My dad gave him this giant book of like everything, like every tree, every, and he's like, God, he's like, um, the human bodies in there. I was like, what? He's like, is it okay? Like, I was like that they're naked. Like my child is currently naked. Like, totally fine but it's actually great because there's there you know the bodies and one thing that did happen the other day to us that I definitely want to touch on just in general but I'm like I said zero expert and I don't want to butcher anything or be offensive in any way but um we were getting coffee and there's a lot of non-binary people in Hudson like a lot which I love and yeah there's a person who works at the coffee shop and they dress in like tank top or like this, like, but I think he was born a man. And so Milo asked the other day, like, is that a boy or a girl? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you know how they identify. You can, you can always ask somebody like, what are your pronouns? And, but I just, it was such a, he asked, which I really loved. And he wasn't like, there was no judgment or anything. It was just like, he just wanted to know like what was like, cool, you know, but do I, where do I go with that? You know? Yeah. I think sometimes it can be so interesting with kids to see where objectivity, like, 
like not stressing and literally taking it with the purity it's asked with, like can help all of us, you know, like just hearing sort of like kid musings or kid logic sometimes, like it really makes you see how much like judgment or projection or whatever goes on in adulthood, you know, of like, he's literally just trying to understand and learn the world. He doesn't care whether or not that person's a a boy or a girl, you know, like Mm -mm. he's like, I'm for, I'm kind of learning some stuff. Like, uh, you know, like he's trying to just put it in his bank, you know, like, and I think that that can be interesting about bodies. Like I have a bunch of friends who've definitely had their kids like squish their bellies and be like, I love your belly. It's squishy. And they're like, Oh, I wanted to die. But I'm like, but your child really was saying, saying your belly gives me comfort, you know, like, wait, so they were upset that their kids said that about them. Mm hmm. Oh, that's so sad. Or, I mean, they weren't really upset about what their kid was saying. They were just sort of like, whoa, you know, like mm, when kids like hurt your feelings, don't mean to, you know, type of thing, you oh, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Milo told me I smelled disgusting the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, thanks. Thank you. I was like, yeah, maybe I need a shower, but like disgusting's a little bit aggressive, <laughs> but yeah. go on. <laughs> disgusting, not like a leap, but okay. Like we had lamp pesto, so humble. I'll have you remember. Very humble. But I think like sometimes it can be hopeful for all the like messaging or like in inviting people to explore their own sexualities and stuff. Like I th- think it's like anything else. Like if you think, bring, like if, if you can bring things back to basics and just kind of go with like what feels good, you know, and like not assign a lot of meaning to that, you can learn a lot about yourself, you know, and like learn a lot about, I remember like at one point when I was like, I'm really going to, I felt like pleasure was threatening for me so that I tended to lean into like indulgence versus pleasure. And I was like, what if I prioritize pleasure in my life? You know, like what would that shift? And it was like really interesting, you know, that it's like, we're kind of taught if you give into that, like you'll be lost to it, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I actually found it's like, yeah, pleasure, it, like lots of things that are harder and more real, like we're given this messaging, they're bad or scary or wrong, but like, it it kind of corrected all this other stuff in my life. You know, that like when I really go to what feels good and what works for me, you have to block out all that messaging. You have to block out other people's opinions and you have to be really in your body and in your physical experience to know what's working and what isn't. That's hard and it's scary and it's really kind of flying blind. But like, that's where I found, I figured a lot out and would offer that up to anyone who's like, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. I also think we're in a day and age too, if you're questioning your sexuality, like to lean into that. Um, I'm a big fan of Molly uh, Weisenberg, who's a really talented writer who was married, had a child and then was like, uh uh-uh, oh, I don't think I'm straight. And wait, she thinks she, or doesn't think, didn't think, or she was, didn't think. Okay. Got it. And now, and, came and came out and wrote a book about her experience the the fixed stars and is since remarried to a non-binary you know person who first when they met I think uh, was identifying 
can't remember what Ash identified. I think when they first got together, identified as a woman and a lesbian, but now is a non-binary person. And I'm not really sure how to say that gracefully. So if anyone's offended, I'm I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to be more solely um, male or female, which yeah. Like people, right? Yeah. Non-binary. Yeah. And I've been a fan of Molly's work for a long time. She had the blog orange shed. So it was like wild to watch someone you know, like go through that live and talk about it and then write a book about it and stuff like that. So I would say like, if you straight by somewhere in between, no clue, like you can always explore your sexuality and do it in a multitude of ways. It doesn't have to be about just sex. Totally. And also I think I hope that most people listening to this are open to, you know, things that they don't understand, people they don't understand, or, you know, knowledge they don't have. And I, it is uncomfortable to not know exactly what to say or exactly how to say it. But it's important that we still try and we learn and we ask questions or we fucking Google it or read or, you know, do whatever we can to be good people and understand that everybody's not like us. And that's why, and that's a, that's a good thing, right? Especially with rights being attacked, you know, left and right for trans kids. And there's just no reprieve for that community. I think between like the high murder rates and suicide and children being, you know, not being able to play sports. It's just, I think we need to be constantly, trying to understand what we don't know. Yeah. The more space we make for everyone, you know, we all benefit, you know, the more we recognize and the more we understand ourselves, you know, not because it's like for selfish gain, but like, it's so important. You, You understand yourself so much better when you explore the way other people are and don't let it, you know, mean anything about you. Like, I feel like all of these wacky, like right wing wing nuts are like, most of them have to have like some deep, deep, deeply repressed feelings because why do you feel attacked by someone's existence? Mere existence. Oh my I mean, the amount of men who seem to really think being gay or trans is contagious is is worrisome and the amount of men who are so worried about gayness i'm like the more you protest the more i think you want a dick in your mouth so and then like just like go do that we'd all be celebrating a dick then like please do it a hundred like leave everybody else alone yeah it's just so everybody (laughs) go find that dick you want no um get it get it get it get it I hope everyone will tell us when they lost their virginity. Um, <laughs> I hope it wasn't as freaking awful. And then you think he definitely told like everybody, of course, which of I was like, of course he yeah, did. Like he was a real piece of work. This is also like what's so hard. Like, of course he did. And then we like wonder why we we aren't like I don't know why it feel like a free sexual being. And it's like because high school's the worst. America is the worst. <laughs> no, it's the fucking worst. And then of course he's like you know getting the high fives. And of course, it's like, oh, who else will she sleep with? 
It's like exactly. And now you're marked as a girl who will have sex. You exactly. know, like yep. And that's uh, it. That's how we roll here in the in these parts. So for anybody who's wondering why I'm homeschooling my child. <laughs> Just fucking refer back to your childhood and let me know how you feel. That's really funny. Refer back to your childhood. (laughs) Anywho, to each their own. Thanks for chatting with us. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. No. Bye for now. All good. All very sexy. Bye. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus.